This is episode 5 with Ray Makla. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface podcast. When it comes to successful people, it's easy to refer to them as she's a natural, he's a genius, or she's just super talented. But a new book, Grit, by Angela Duckworth, reveals that talent is overrated and that the real key to success is passion and long-term perseverance. To learn more about Grit, I invited Ray Makla, a top executive at a top sales training company and co-author of the High Impact Sales Manager. Ray has become obsessed with the topic and is becoming one of the leading voices behind the discussion on sales grit. And with over 25 years and sales and sales management experience, he has a lot to share. And I'm finally here with Ray Makla uh, in my mobile podcast studio, now recording from the Mercer Island Library. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing great, Alonzo. Uh, thanks for having me here. Yeah, so I wanted to start by kind of telling people a little bit about how we came to meet each other. Um, I was uh, consulting for the Sales Readiness Group, a top sales training company, where Ray is one of the partners. And... After a couple of months consulting, ended up becoming a full-time employee, which was really an incredible fit for, for me. And, and that's when I met Ray. And I wanted to start by acknowledging you, and acknowledging you Ray, because you've been uh, an incredible person to work for alongside Norman and David and also a great mentor. And lately you introduced me to a book called Grit by Angela Duckworth, Create uh, the power of passion and perseverance, and that has ignited a uh, interest on diving into this topic. As far as how can we utilize her research for to apply it in the sales world? And that's something that you've been really focusing on. But before we get started, I wanted to first learn about learn about you a little bit, and then dive into the topic. What was your childhood like what did you want it to be when you were a kid you know i think from a childhood perspective i i have very fond memories uh of, of early childhood and growing up uh, i was fortunate enough to live uh, across the street from lake washington here in seattle and so much of my childhood uh, was spent in and, and around the lake uh, swimming and and paddling and sailing Uh, and, uh, you know, it seemed like we had this, uh, you know, playground um, at our disposal. Um, so I think that got me out. It also uh, probably gave me my appreciation for the water. Um, but I think early on, I thought that I would end up as some sort of a scientist or a, a marine biologist. I, I thought, you know, maybe I'd, uh, I'd be the next Jacques Cousteau. Uh, and, you know, it probably wasn't until uh, I got further in my schooling that I realized I didn't Uh, I didn't really like biology much and didn't, didn't like the science as much as maybe I had thought and that uh, I had other talents and other directions that uh, I was going to head. I know that the, the Navy is a key part of your career. That's how you got started uh, professionally. And I was curious, as I was looking at your LinkedIn, when did you exactly decided you wanted to join 
the Navy? Uh, my freshman year in college, I started at the University of Washington and, and frankly didn't exactly know how I was going to pay for four years at the university uh, and didn't have a, a lot of support at, at that point. Um, and I had a, a friend that I had met who had a Navy scholarship, was in the program, uh, spoke very highly of it and suggested that I look at it. Uh, and as it turned out, I was able to uh, compete for and, and get a scholarship that then paid for the remaining three and a half years of my education. So I think it was a mixture of, you know, it being interested, uh, enjoying being on the water, and then having the opportunity to both uh, go through as an ROTC midshipman uh, and get commissioned as an officer in the Navy and begin my, my career uh, as an officer. Now, how does that work specifically? So they pay, they pay for school. But then you're obviously committed to work for them for a certain amount of time. Is, is that how that works? Yeah, exactly. So uh, once you commit to the scholarship, um, and in my case, as a junior, then I had to commit to and agree to be commissioned. Uh, you basically agree after graduation to give them four years uh, uh, as an active duty uh, naval officer. And in my case, I stayed, uh, I was in for seven years. So I spent three years after that. Uh, and had the opportunity to then go become an ROTC instructor and teach in the classroom at, uh, at the University of Southern California. So it was a great opportunity for uh, me to, to learn, to have my education paid for, and then ultimately to get my master's degree uh, while I was teaching ROTC. Now, I have one more last question before we start diving into the grid and sales. Why did you choose to get your BA specifically in a speech and business communication and also, then later on, uh, how did you come to decide to expand that education in public administration and information systems management? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a good question. I, uh, from a family background, both of my parents were kind of hard science and engineering. My brother was a math major. I was kind of surrounded by a pretty technical, uh, pretty technical family, and uh, I kind of figured that's the direction I would go. And it wasn't till, um, you know, somewhere through my freshman year that I realized the classes I was most enjoying were those ones that included uh, writing and speaking and the opportunity to really look at more of the, the human condition and social factors and realized that uh, I, I had more of a knack for uh, kind of the leadership and personnel development side. Um, so that really complemented the Navy training I was getting, uh, as well as speaking and, and writing as something that I've continued and realized that, uh, you know, maybe that was my strength as opposed to some of the other uh, classes that I was taking at the time. You know, with all this time that you've spent uh, exploring the topic, what would you say is your definition of grit right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do think uh, what intrigued me and probably called my attention to it when I ori originally watched Angela Duckworth's uh, TED Talk um, was this idea of passion and perseverance, which is, you know, how she defines it. And for me, I had an immediate connection. Um, again, I guess, thinking back to my upbringing, but uh, my father was a Finnish uh, and the Finns have a term that I grew up hearing and, you know, maybe didn't fully understand it, but it's called Sisu, S-I-S-U. And in, in Finn, that refers to that gut, kind of that core strength that you have that's allowed the Finns to, um, you know, 
defend their borders and endure the harsh winters and and really persevere. And so I think when I first uh, read about grit and thought, wow, that that is a predictor um, looking at at Duckworth's uh, research of success, you know, beyond intelligence or, you know, even emotional intelligence or uh, the education or socioeconomic background, you know, that idea to have something you're passionate about and continue to work despite roadblocks and obstacles, um, you know, I think that's a really fascinating and, and intriguing topic. And, you know, she does reference uh, the fact that there, uh, when she studied sales professionals, uh, that grit was an indicator for them as well as, you know, inner city kids and military uh, uh, cadets at, at West Point and a number of different things. But looking at salespeople specifically, um, grit was one of the things that would predict whether they would make quota and whether they would still be employed, whether they would have retention and, and longevity in the organization. So obviously that was very interesting uh, to me being in the, the sales and sales development arena uh, and got me thinking about applying it because I don't think um, really we've taken it as far as it can go or to that next level of how do we really develop grit in a sales team. How did you get started in sales? Uh, what was like the most difficult experience you had on, on the job and and how did you overcome it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, from a standpoint of getting involved in sales, um, when I transitioned out of the Navy, I started with Anderson Consulting before it was uh, Accenture and had an opportunity uh, to be a business consultant and project manager and worked on a number of projects. And, you know, I think it occurred to me pretty early on that, the way to move up and, and, you know, there's no mystery there, but to become partner, uh, if I was going to stay at Anderson would require basically building and developing my own book of business and, and gaining the skills to do that. And so I got brought into helping with proposals and helping with client presentations, uh, and realized I really enjoyed that aspect. Do you have any tools or tactics that you develop over time, uh, to keep yourself motivated, especially, especially during those, uh, times where you were just starting to get the handle of things. Yeah, you know, I do think it, it relates to, um, you know, when you think about grit being, it's not just perseverance, because perseverance without having a goal can be drudgery, you know, just working hard. There are a lot of people that work really hard that never get anywhere. There are a lot of people that are super passionate, but without the hard work aren't, aren't going to get there either. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I think keeping an idea keeping that passion in mind, because you really need to remember what's in it you know, why are you doing it? What's it really important? You know, whether that's you want to be able to feed your kids or you want to buy a bigger house or, you know, you really just want to be the best at your job. I think that's what's helped me when I really think about, okay, what am I trying to accomplish here and how does this relate? It's not just another cold call, but it's about making this number because that's going to lead to more business and that's going to help us you know, grow the business or whatever that may be. So I guess trying to keep that end in mind, as Stephen Covey would say, uh, and using that as a motivator. Uh, what would you, let's say, expect a greedy or gritty <laughs> sales uh, rep to do versus someone that perhaps is even more talented, but is not greedy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the the greediness in that situation really shows with their ability to handle that rejection, pick up the phone and make that next call and do it with a smile to, you know, really be able to jump back in. 
Um, I would also expect that gritty person, and I think this was some of my experience of, you know, we don't necessarily know the right answer or how to figure it out, but we know that we can do that. And in my mind, that really is part of grit is being able to say, we're going to do what it takes in this situation. And so maybe that's more phone calls, or maybe that's we need to change our script and we need to improve the way we're approaching things. And that's what's going to get us to our goal. But we're not going to just accept failure or, you know, the idea of failure is not an option. I think that's really part of that spirit. And that's what I'd be looking for is who are those people that one way or another, you know that they're going to succeed because they just have that spark. They have that inner drive. Now, I wanted to talk about a grid sales and how it applies. How can it be used uh, specifically during the hiring process? Because that's something that caught my attention, especially in the book where Angela talks about how she developed this grid scale in different uh, through different experiments to try to predict success, who was going to be the person who was going to stay, who the person who was going to be successful. Yet later, I'm watching one of her Google Docs, which I'm going to play really quick mm. uh, just for reference, where she's saying uh, that you cannot use the grid scale uh, to hire somebody, which that doesn't make sense to me as far as what I've read in the book. And then she also said... Uh, that you cannot interview interview for grit. And I know that you're a big proponent in one of your blog posts as far as using a behavior-based approach to unveil grit. So I want to first uh, listen to this little part of her talk with you and then get your thoughts on it. That's great. But when you look at the resume of somebody who wants to get in here, what I would look for is evidence of grit. I'm not saying that it has to be in exactly this domain or even for the job that that person, ideally yes, but sometimes it can be like, wow, this kid was on the tennis team for three or four years in college and went from A to B in their accomplishments. Like, whew, this kid worked, you know, I'll tell you about my own husband, like this kid worked for Domino's Pizza as a delivery, but, but like they got promoted, right? Like they kept, you know, th th there's progression and there's continuity in a high grit resume. Conversely, don't hire the people who have these sort of like dilettante resumes of sort of like, oh, a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, where is the evidence of passion and perseverance applied to something before they got to my, to my doorstep? So I think you can look for the, res the residue of grit, as it were, like in people's resumes. What I don't think you should do is use the grit scale. And also, I don't think you can rely on interviews. I am of the opinion that you can interview for charisma. Mm -hmm. You can interview for social intelligence. You can interview for confidence. You can interview even for chemistry. Like, am I going to like to sit next to this person and, and work with them? But how are you going to interview for that quality of a person where the next day they're going to get up and they're going to be the first into the office or the last? You know, you know, when you give them the feedback that says this isn't good enough, is that person going to genuinely reflect on that and try to improve? That's really hard to get out of any kind of short interaction. All right. So what were your thoughts about about that. Yeah, so I think it is interesting and in, in, uh, looking at some of the, I don't know if contradiction, but at least there, there are a lot of levels to this. And I think, you know, your first point, and and I don't think she got into it in that clip, but she talks about, you know, not using the grit scale uh, or assessment as a hiring tool. And so I completely agree with that. I think to use that type of uh, assessment and, and answer a few questions and then say this person is gritty or not, 
um, I, I think can be a bit dangerous. And specifically, and she talks about frame of reference. So if I'm answering that question about, you know, am I a gritty person or do I work hard or do I persevere? That's only relevant, relevant to my own frame of reference uh, and maybe very different from how you uh, perceive that question or how you're evaluating. So I think you have to apply that once you're in a specific group, like when they looked at school kids who were all in the same situation, or they looked at, uh, you know, West Point cadets who were all in the same situation. Now they were, uh, they had a more similar scale. I think it's really hard to just bring somebody in, have them take an assessment and then say, are they gritty or not? So I do think from that perspective, uh, it's a bit dangerous to just use a survey to tell if somebody's gritty. I do differ a little bit, though, um, with Angela Duckworth on whether you can interview for it, because while she says, you know, how are you going to determine that? Um, she also says that one of the things we should look for in a resume is evidence of perseverance. And so in my mind, that's what we're trying to get to with behavioral based interviewing is tell me about a time where you have had adversity. How did you overcome it? What did you do? You know, we can go through that situation, task, action, result type of framework to really understand where they have run into challenges. We can also look for evidence like they've been a high level athlete, they've been a musician, um, they've been a, a contestant or, you know, accomplished some goal that they worked hard at. So, you know, let's look in their background because in this case, that is going to be an indicator of how they behave. Um, where they ran into those challenges. And even if she said, you know, are they going to show up the next day? Well, tell me about a time where, you know, you had to work all night on a proposal. Um, you know, what did you do? How, how did you respond to that? What came out of it? Um, and it's not just about working long hours or, or burning the candle. It's about, you know, figuring out how to persevere, figuring out how to get past roadblocks, picking yourself up, dusting yourself off and, and getting on with it. I think you can absolutely ask questions that will suggest whether somebody has demonstrated those qualities in the past. That'll give you an indication of, you know, whether they're gritty. Yeah. I have two more questions. Uh, three words that best describe you. Boy, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just three words. Uh, you know, one, one that, that jumped out when, uh, when I saw that was curious. Um, oh, that, that was, that, that's uh, the one that I chose when I asked these questions. I'm curious. Of your, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, uh, and, and I think curiosity is, uh, is something that can be really valuable. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think curiosity, I, I think people would maybe use for me, I don't know if I would, but approachable. Um, you know, I kind of I try to have an open door. I uh, try yeah, to be yeah. somebody that, uh, that people can come and, well, you're right. and that speak was, to. That was my, my impression when I first uh, saw you at the office, that time when I joined the team I was like open door big okay. smile it's very easy to talk to you so yeah okay great <laughs> now you can say for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then this has also been said said about me so I guess I'll I'll just uh, pass it on but um I I think uh stability or or mm -hmm. stable um you know I I don't tend to get super riled up uh at things and and have been told i, I can be a stabilizing force um mm. you know whether in a meeting or or in a group i need some um, of that and, <laughs> <laughs> right well, i was gonna say maybe sometimes i'm too stable you know maybe i, I should uh, be be a little more provocative but uh yeah uh you know sometimes uh we we need that to kind of even things out yeah. and i think it's a good balance uh with with our team as well yeah there, there is a place for everything yeah for sure and, and so uh, finally what's 
one of the latest things that you're working on and how can those listening to this podcast do to support you? And I ask this question because, you know, I want people who are listening to this uh, to leave from a place from contribution. And I want to give them that opportunity to what is something that they can do for you? I know you're a uh, uh, co-author of a sales management book, uh, also other things that you may uh, need is if somebody knows somebody who, uh, who may be a good fit for for sales readiness group, what would that person be? Anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, and it's great. And I appreciate you asking because, um, yeah, I mean, we are very passionate about uh, the, the work that we're doing at sales readiness group and, and the book, as you mentioned, the high impact sales manager. Um, so I guess that would be first is, you know, love to get any feedback people may have. Um, you've, you've referenced our blog several times and it's something I really enjoy is writing about topics like building a grittier sales team or, you know, how do you engage and, and hire uh, fantastic salespeople. So read, a, um, read the blog, so leave I would a love comment. It for, for people to read the blog and, and we also have, uh, you know, an opportunity there that, uh, you know, that you brought to SRG, which is our video blogs and the opportunity mm. to ask a question. So I guess I would put that out there is if people have questions about sales, about grit, about, you know, anything we've covered today. I include the, um, the video questions. The yeah, show notes. We'd, we'd love to have you, uh, you know, submit a question to us and we'll be sure to uh, turn it around and do our mm. best at, uh, at answering that. Well, Ray, that's it. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Uh, using we use a uh, part of our lunch for this. <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> and that was my interview with ray makla a couple of quick announcements before you leave if you're interested in learning more about sales grid i've added a link on this episode's notes to two of ray's blog posts on the topic alongside other helpful resources which you can find at thebtspodcast.com. If you enjoyed listening to this interview, I would appreciate your support by leaving me a review on iTunes and sharing this episode with your network. Also, a special shout out to Jay Galios for leaving the first review. Thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you.